Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Beatless Podcast. Oh, wait, talking jacks. My bad. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Gosshorn. How are you on this fine Monday evening? Oh, I'm, I'm feeling very Beatless. haven't uh, lost in a while, so, yeah. it's uh, Never lost. Yeah. It's a good feeling. I'm, I'm knocking it on wood at the moment. I don't know if this desk is actually made of wood. It's probably not, but whatever. Um... Yeah, how are you doing this evening? Pretty good. Mike Jeffries has never lost a game as the head coach of the Charlotte Independents in the year of 2019, so it's a pretty pretty wild fact if you believe in those kinds of things. Yeah, right. It's uh, it's definitely a very uh, specific factoid. Um, <laughs> some could say that he hasn't uh, lost it ever in, in this era uh, of 2019. So That's right. yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it was a, a pretty good match on Saturday. I, yeah, I, it was It's decent. interesting because I feel like this was one of the more boring three-goal games I've come in contact with in a while. Um, due to, like, a couple reasons. Like, I I think part of it was because we scored so early. We scored early, um, and so I feel like we let off a yeah. little bit um, Yeah, in both halves. I mean, I turned it off after the second goal so you'll have to help me out with that part of it but at least i noticed in the first half it seemed like we were a little bit more content to just knock the ball around and just kind of not we were a little bit less aggressive i feel like uh which is i i feel like part of the game plan like we do want to keep possession and we don't want to give the ball away so that part makes sense um Mm. but i feel like in this new jeffrey's era so to speak the approach has been a little bit more conservative. Uh, Because yeah, we've, we've taken a lot of leads and a lot of early leads. Other than maybe uh, the NCFC game, I feel like we've really been in control of most games. Uh, and we've either been tied or taken the lead. So I, I, I feel, mm-hmm. it just feels like we're a little bit less aggressive. And I don't know if that's because we don't have a ton of depth on the bench in like the midfield. So we Coach Jeffries is telling them, you know, don't don't wear yourself out too early because there's, I don't have anybody to replace you or, mm. or if it's just maybe we don't, maybe things aren't quite clicking yet under the new style and stuff. But what did you kind of notice yeah. about the first half? Um, I mean, the first half was, it was remarkable. The first goal, I mean, in and of itself, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it in detail a little bit later on, but um, overall in the first half, I mean, I think, we definitely, I think the early goal in the fashion that it was scored um, really kind of took some energy away from St. Louis. Um, and I think, honestly, early on, I mean, they did their first substitution in the 28th minute. Um, and I think you could tell as the game progressed, the more it seemed to that the times that we were getting around St. Louis, it wasn't a matter necessarily of us maybe, wow, well, I don't know how to say this correctly. I, I want to say what I want to say without, and this may be a, a slight on us in some respects, but I, I want to say part of the reason we were being so effective in the first half and scored that early goal in some respects was because St. Louis was just tired. And you could tell very early on there was some just tired bodies, tired legs, tired minds, really, with St. Louis. Um, 
and and there was definitely some times where you could tell they were just frustrated with themselves given what was was happening mm -hmm. um I, I i wanted a little bit more in in the first half um not that we were we left a lot out there um I mean, I guess the other major takeaway I had from the first half was that Nicky Jackson is healthy. He is the, I mean, really probably the best we've seen him. I mean, he, he took a, obviously a little bit of time off or a lot of time in some respects um, after he jumped onto the scene and we, uh, we fell in love with him, I guess you could say. Uh, but he's, I mean, this game too, like if you watch that goal he scored, it's, it's a beautiful, I mean, it's kind of a happenstance why we even got the ball in some respects. But all things considered, the cross from Dom, I mean, in the moment of everything and, and the, the sheer uh, getting comfortable in the game, I didn't realize that it was Dom that did the cross until after the game. Yeah. Uh, that performed the cross. And, and it was a, a gorgeous cross. I mean, it, it, was, it was something where he... Him as a player, I was concerned with how he was going to fit onto the team and where he was going to fit on the team, uh, especially with Nicky Jackson on the roster. But he's been really excellent. And I think that that cross, the fact that he's at his elder uh, age, I guess you could say, <laughs> um, being – and correct me if I'm wrong. I may be wrong in assuming this with Dom. But, I mean, he's a, a target striker. He's a goal scorer. I I don't know if... It was really good to see... Threaten with the center back and then kind of just fall off and find the space was gorgeous i mean i don't just to, to see the whole thing transpire i almost didn't believe it as early as it happened too just with how outstanding it was because I, I mean it was a, it was a beautiful cross it was a moment where it, early in the game where it looked like we were going to be able to to force the issue and my main concern in this game was that we were gonna be given a lot of the ball and st louis was going to try to catch us in the second half um tired in some respect in some ways but yeah i mean that goal was just gorgeous though it, it was perfect from dom uh a absolutely exceptional header back across the goal mm -hmm. in that way too in in a lot of ways a really i don't want to say unsavable but it would have been difficult for that keeper to get his hands on that just the, the the way he attacked the ball in the air. Yeah, my only worry about Dom is I, I feel like he hasn't quite found his stride under Jeffries. Mainly because, yeah. like you said, Nicky Jackson is playing so well. And for when Dom was doing... When Dom was playing at his best, he was mostly playing as the center forward. And now he's kind yeah. of playing in that underneath role uh where he's playing i don't really know what to call it it's it's not really a he's not really playing as a winger but he's not also, he's not really playing as a forward either he's kind of a, more of a attacking midfielder or 
uh, who's occasionally will get out wide. You know, he's not like getting down the line a ton and putting in crosses. Uh, but he only had one shot the whole game, and he's our leading scorer. So I, I feel like, well, it was a really and, and I don't want to take anything away from the goal or anything, but I feel like we do need to figure out a way to get him a little bit more involved in the final third. Now Enzo has kind of taken up the slack, uh, yeah. so to speak, in terms of giving a second attacking threat, but. I think if we're going to maintain our level and, and even improve, because I think we have plenty of room for improvement. Uh, yeah. I think we need to figure out a way to get Dom more involved um, in terms of finding the back of the net or at least even creating chances. Like I understand if you can go, you know, if you're a goal scorer, you're going to go through droughts. Uh, but you know, one shot is not great from your leading scorer, but and, and there's extenuating circumstances, like you said, the game state. We did seem to kind yeah. of uh, relax a little bit, but mm-hmm. all things considered, I'm, I mean, pretty happy with the result. Pretty happy, pretty pretty happy with what I saw from the performance. Other than maybe, like you said, not quite taking the game by the scruff of the neck when we went up one nil. Uh, we kind of, I, I guess, the idea was maybe just to tire them out. Uh, mm. since they were playing on such short rest and they've kind of got through this stretch where they've been uh, playing a ton of games and, and not playing particularly well uh, because of it. So it was, yeah. it, it was just, I don't know. I, I, I can see, I can see if the idea was to just tire them out and pass the ball around why that would be effective. But I can also see, why not try to go get two or three goals in the first half and then just kind of put it on cruise control in the second half? Uh, but it, you know, it is what it is. So Enzo did try to score from half field at one point in the first half. So that was fun. Yeah, that Which, was you know, Enzo is feeling it when he takes a shot from distance like that. Uh, oh yeah. Like, it was, I, I can't necessarily blame him because yeah, it, it wasn't was... particularly close, but it was, he, if he yeah. had put it on, <laughs> if he had put it on frame, it would have gone in, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, it was, it was interesting the way the game progressed because I think the majority of the first half was, I don't want to say necessarily dominated by us, but there was there was early inklings of um, inconsistent refereeing, and, and we'll definitely talk about that a little later on, but I think the tone of the match was set pretty early that it was going to be physical, and the referee didn't care. He didn't, he didn't seem to want to tell people to not do that he didn't seem to want to show up in any capacity Mm -hmm. as a normal ref would um but yeah it it was it was really interesting to see just the way the game progressed because i mean st louis is a club um that doesn't really want to hold on to the possession they want to counter and they want to force us into holding onto the ball and then capitalize on our mistakes essentially and there was a little bit of everything in in the first half and the second half as well, um, where, I mean, I think it was as even as early as like the 60th minute where we were possessing the ball, but maybe not in threatening positions. And we were passing between Hugh and Brandon and Teacoat and back and forth and here and there. And it, in some respects, it felt like, we we just were waiting for the game to end 
because we it seemed like we we had it in the bag which i think up until their goal um i mean they had their chances brandon miller had four saves and i i want to say every one of them was was a quality save quite frankly um definitely had maybe a couple uh potential for save of the week opportunities um he showed up big i mean there were some chances that he he had to i mean there was a punch he had later on in the match that was really crucial um st louis tried to take advantage of uh a little bit of a height advantage in some ways with with calvert and uh kyle gregg uh there's two strikers up top um never really were able to do it of course until that that corner but yeah. it was curious to see because St. Louis, I think, when they did have the ball, and we, there was times where we we laid off and and, and I don't want to say allowed them to possess the ball, but we were gonna let them figure it out in some respects, and and then in, in some ways maybe counter on counter on them thereafter, and I think we did an okay job at that. Um, I think Kevon did a good job, all things considered. Um, Taku got beat up in this game, too. That's one thing I'm really kind of concerned about. There was one moment where I don't know if he took a knock to the head or if he just got hit in some capacity, but he, I think, got fouled, and he the referee let the play go on, and he's throwing his hand up to, like, motion to the referee that, like, hey, I'm not okay. Referee didn't care. And eventually he got back up after a few moments, but it, and there was another moment I think later on where he, he kind of looked like he was uh, maybe just feeling fatigue could just be fatigue. Cause I know yeah. he has, has been a little while since he's had a, had a break. I mean, um, he's, he might lead the team in minutes. He's got to be up there. I feel like yes. he has not come out of many games uh, despite, I feel like struggling early in the season. He's really played much better under Jeffries. Uh, but yeah, he's yeah. definitely a warrior. He's three minutes behind Joel. Um, he started 17 to 19 games, played in 18 of them. Um, yeah, but that's, I think that's probably fair that he hopefully will get some rest here soon just because, I mean, we will in general with the, the rest we're going to have just based on the schedule, uh, which will be good. Um, but yeah, and I mean, moving into that second goal, I mean, it was... It was another example that we've seen. We saw a little bit under McGinnis, not to go back to that era because no one ever wants to, of course. But we saw very short inklings of, of, of quality chemistry and uh, really creative play. And in this one, we've seen a, this style of attack was definitely something we've seen a lot more in I, I think Enzo alluded to it, and, well, not even alluded to it. He really talked about it in depth with how quality of a right back uh, Joel is. Um, and, and he talked about how he's been telling him in practice and he's been telling him here and there to to not be afraid to lay it off and, and kind, of, uh, kind of do what we've seen a couple times where Enzo's been on the uh, – Enzo – Dom did it against Atlanta United too. Enzo did it against – uh, I think Bur- not Birmingham. He did it against somebody else. I think may have been Birmingham, um, where he just kind of allowed the play to allowed the center backs to to move forward and, and allow Dom and Nicky and, and maybe some of the other attackers uh, 
bring those center backs forward. And then if you watch him close to the top of the box on that goal, it's very reminiscent of Jorge Herrera, I think. That, I mean, that was the, the thought process I had when I was watching it just via the replay here a little bit ago. Um, and, I mean, a, a, an exceptional service by Joel. I mean, you can't ask. That's probably the best pass Joel's made in his career. I mean, it was yeah, it I, was absolutely on the money in between, like, three yeah. defenders and also right in the perfect stride for Enzo to hit it first time. Yeah. So, like, yeah. yeah, you couldn't ask for a better pass from him. And you could see Alex was just thrilled with it because rather than go celebrate – the 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 goal with Enzo he ran up to Joel and celebrated the pass so that was really cool to see but that's like when you know a guy has hit a really good pass is when uh, another player comes to yeah. like celebrate it with him you know it was just an absolute yeah. dime I mean it was like you said perfect location um I think enough can't be said about the weight of the ball too because I mean we there's enough times you'll see volleys not necessarily volleys but one time strikes like that that it's just it's not placed very it's not placed very well and it's it's maybe would put too much pace on it but really Joel his especially in second halves of matches it almost feels like we're we're maybe holding on to his uh quickness and pace until the second half of matches to to attack down that right side um to just really unlock the defenses and I I think it was really good to see that second goal because I don't know that there was, I think there was definitely a, a game plan to maybe not press as much. Um, and I think that's what maybe led into the third, the, well, I don't want to say the third goal for us, but um, <laughs> I think it was, it was Jack Willis or Richard or somebody that put, that tweeted the Oh, three Oh for the independence. Oh, wait, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Um, which God, I hated that goal so much. I both loved it and I hated it. Um, it was, it's something where you, if you've watched any St. Louis games with corners, I mean, I'd love to know how many corners they scored off of this year because it's got to be a, a quality number of them because Lewis Hilton can just put it on a dime. I mean, he's. Yeah. Plus, they have a lot of big guys to aim at, too. And we yeah. do, too, but I feel yeah. like we. I, we don't always take advantage of we we try a lot of like tricky stuff i feel like yeah uh and a lot of times it works i, I don't want to like knock that but so, like like you said lewis can just put it in to a perfect spot and so i i think they just took advantage we had our big guys on their other big guys and then Caleb Calvert is also a big guy um but he's not as good in the air He's not as much as an aerial threat as probably like Sam Fink, uh, or maybe even Cicerone, uh, but you know he got he got on the end of it and did well with it. So sometimes you yeah, just have to was... take your. Sometimes you have to just take like eliminate you know process of elimination, and then you you live with the results. So I, it, it was, I don't know. I guess you could say it was poor marking maybe by Mansali to let him get goal side. Um, but if it had just been a jumping contest, Calvert's probably going to win it anyways. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not like super mad it, about it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I love Mansali covering him, but like you said, at a certain point, they've got so many both big-bodied, as far as uh, strength-wise and as well as tall options in the box. It, it's almost a pick-your-poison type situation right? And, and hope that Lewis somehow misses it, and he, he didn't miss it. Um, I think, it, I mean, it's a good goal. I, I maybe would have liked a little bit more from, uh, Miller. Um, but at the no, same time, you I can't ask him to save that. It's like he headed it straight yeah. down. Well, yeah, I don't know if it's because like the way the header came in that I'm just like, how do you not save that? Because it's so slow and it's just a matter of like once, once it left his head, you're kind of just like. Like I said, I think if not all four of his saves, three-fourths of his saves were good. Um, were high quality, I should say, uh, of the four saves he did have that night. And then uh, it kind of seemed like we had a game. It, it didn't necessarily seem as big of a deal just because, I mean, that was really, I want to say, one of the better opportunities of St. Louis had had that whole half because um, there was a lot of just – killing the game off maybe not necessarily threatening opportunities by us but just it it definitely seemed like even though it was a one goal game in some ways um to get the to get a draw of course um it didn't seem like it was st louis was that much in it that much at all really and then uh kevin bradley I don't know. Maybe it wasn't worth a red card. I don't know that it was. No, it I was. That that's. A, I mean, it's a definite uh, red card. It what it, it, it is. He he hits the guy in the face. He doesn't mean to hit the guy in the face, but he turns away as he's committing the foul, and because he stopped looking at the player, he his arms go up and hit him in the face. It's just it's going to be a red card ten out of ten times, or at least it should be according to the laws of the game. So like, I can't be mad at the ref for for calling it a red card. Um, Joel has has always been the first one to commit a professional foul like that to stop a counterattack, and most of the time you just live with it. You get the yellow and you you, you move on. But he ju- it was just the way he took his he he took his eye off the player, and so his arms got high. And if he'd have just pulled his shirt or something, it would have been just a yellow card. But he 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 raised his arm. It, it it's unfortunate. It's not like he. I don't think he was trying to hit him in the face but he did and when you hit somebody in the face it's gonna carry a red card you know nine ten times out of ten in my opinion yeah i mean it, it's it may be my bias in the sense of it was on the opposite side of the field and i could have sworn it was for stopping a one-on-one was the only explanation i could think of but yeah i mean it's it's such a tough situation i mean We'll talk about it with with one of the questions we got because there's a little bit of an annoyance I have with the call based on just the way the game was refed in general that there was zero consistency in the sense of what was going to be allowed and what was not going to be allowed. Um, I mean, it's definitely hard to... I don't know. I mean, there were so many hands to the face and people just 
complaining a lot too. I don't know. Uh, we don't have to talk dive too much into yeah. it. Well, they got. I mean, Kevin St. Louis Bradley got half of their shots after the red card, so it's yeah. it's fair to say that it changed the game. Now, maybe it was the goal because the goal was scored just a couple minutes before the red card. So maybe the goal is what actually sprung them into action and not necessarily the yeah. red card. But it's fair to say, like, once the red card happened, we were or once the goal happened, we were not in control. Um, um, I would say that it was more the red card because once that red card happened, I mean, I think even either immediately or very shortly after, um, oh yeah, well, two minutes after we swapped out Enzo for Aaron Mond. Yeah. And I, I don't know that that would have been the original plan. Maybe we were going to bring Aaron on for a different player. He's been um, coming on for Mansali, I feel like. Yeah, I, I believe that's right. Um, and I think I'm okay with that substitution, but I don't think Enzo comes off in that situation if it's 11 v 11, quite frankly. And really, we just we just played damage control as much as we could yeah. at that point. I mean, it it was a situation where it, I still don't know that St. Louis was that threatening. They had their chances. Don't get me wrong. They definitely um, had some. Uh, some opportunities in uh, in front of net um, that may or may not have been uh, fouled or been a foul or should have been a foul, um, but yeah, it was it was such a fun weird game because it based on like the 60th minute I was like let's just get this game over with, we've got this in the bag, what's what's this, why do we wait around to to have this game finish and then it was I didn't know how long it was going to take after that. Uh, that red card, I just, oof, it was, uh, felt like the game may have slipped away from us, but, um, I think yeah, it's it good was... that we pulled out a result still though, because oh, yeah. in the past we have seen games like this slip out of our hands. So it, yeah. it's encouraging that we yeah, did hold on to the result, but it's also a point of point that we can say, Hey, we got to work on this. We got to put these games away when we have these teams on the ropes so that we're not, you know, one guy not marking his man on a corner kick away from it being a crazy finish, you know? Yeah. I think that's, that's really what it comes down to as well, because the, the majority of the, the time in between our second goal and their, their goal in the 75th minute, the what, 26 minutes or so that that was, uh, that transpired there. Yeah. The 26 minutes that I didn't watch. Yeah. Which you didn't miss much. I think it (laughs) just really came down to, we did a good job in possession when we did have the ball. I think we, we obviously limited St. Louis's chances pretty well in, in threatening positions and things of that nature. But I think it just seemed like we really, and this is probably more of a, a connection to, how high of a line St. Louis was playing as well, but we never really seemed doing that. It always just seemed like we were passing it there. Let's get rid of the ball quickly, but not let, let's find a groove. It just, it didn't seem like there was as much of a connection through the midfield as we've seen in the past. And uh, even earlier in this game, quite frankly, yeah. um, and, and it may, I mean, quite frankly, it may just been amount of, no matter if we knew we were playing a high quality club and in that position very often. Um, Cause I mean, really, I think 
top of my head, I think the only other time we've had a two goal or better lead would be back when uh, we beat Birmingham, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, like, I mean, that game was totally different than this one. I mean, it, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, yeah. just to just a point to illustrate it one last time, and then we'll get to the questions. But they outshot us nine to three after Enzo's goal. So we mm-hmm. once we went up two nil, they outshot us nine to three. So that, that's not great. I understand. Yeah. I understand. At that point, you have a two goal lead, so they probably are going to get the majority of the shots. So that's fine. But I feel like there shouldn't be that much of a discrepancy. Um, but again, yeah. we, we you know we can we can that. second guess the 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 tactics to death. So let's uh, let's move on. The nice thing is we get a little break. They have. No game this weekend, so I, I've noticed some of the players even left town. So that's good. Get away, get get rested up, get healthy, um, and then we come back and play a nice little double header on the road, or not double header, but quick quick road trip, double game week um, yeah. at at Atlanta and at Birmingham next week. So two two winnable games on the road. I think we just have to gear up for them. Absolutely. All right, so let's do these listener questions. First one is from Jason. He says, how far down the table should we be looking for teams in playoff contention? And how far up the table is realistic, and why is it first place? Also, Gutman update, question mark. And is Joel's Red a one- or three-game suspension? All right, uh, we'll go back to front on this. Joel's card is for violent conduct, therefore... It usually carries a three-game suspension, so don't be yeah. shocked if it's a three-game suspension. And just just the way I'm leaning, because um, yeah, they're. I think that's pretty I, much the standard now. Yeah, I don't think they're going to look at it and be like, "Oh, well, no, that's not shouldn't have been a red card." But yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I almost don't know that I love the just standard three-game suspension for violent conduct because, I mean. In this case, Joel's not trying to injure him. He's not threatening his life. This isn't Donnie Smith punching a guy, quite frankly. <laughs> I, but I mean, let's—we don't need to go too down, too far down that tangent. But I, I, I get the idea that you have to set a precedence. You can't be violent on the field. But at the same time, not to say this wasn't a horrendous call because. I don't know that it was a red card, but I know it wasn't violent conduct. I'll say that much. To call that violent conduct, to call punching somebody and, in my perspective, maybe hitting somebody with your forearm by accident, the same thing, just feels... And to put it in the arm, put it in the hands of the USL referees to just say, we're going to let them figure it out. I mean, that is their job, to be fair. Yeah, but it's, they, they're, just, they're so bad at it, though. Like, it, that's my thing. Like, they just, they, they don't, with great power comes great responsibility, and they don't have much responsibility, and they have a lot of power. But they don't know how to deal with the power is what I'm trying to say. That didn't make any sense, but whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh Gutman update, no idea. He's still training in Scotland. I mean, 
I think will it'll it will become more clear as they get closer to the start of their season. Uh, mm. If because well, I mean, in my mind, there's no point in him staying there if he's not going to be making the 18, uh, unless yeah. they are trying to find another place for him to play on loan. Mm. Uh, but if he's going to go out on loan, he might as well come back to where he was on loan, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But if he's going to be in the 18 or, or challenging for the 18, then good, you know, good for him. Keep stay over there. But uh, mm. I don't really know at this point. I think I think we'll that will become more clear in maybe in three or four weeks. Mm. Um, and then the t- question about how far down the table should we be looking for, and then how far up the table is realistic to look at. Let's pull up the table. I'm not going to do it on the USL yeah. website because it's it'll crash i'm gonna pull it yeah, up on right. i'm gonna put it pull it up on foot mob yeah um all right so we sit in 10th place i really wish they just had like a sort by uh points per, points game, per yeah. game because this is just a mess yeah. we've played I mean, three more games than like half the teams and four yeah. more than some of the others six more games than like i them. think the lowest team that should be thinking about playoffs is Loudon just because they have so many games in hand and those games are being played mm. at home. Um, yeah. I don't think any of the teams below them have a shot. Um, yeah. So that would leave St. Louis, Bethlehem, Loudon, and Charlotte for the last spot in the playoffs. Um, St. Louis, again, has those games in hand. Loudon has games in hand. And then how far up the table should we be looking like I honestly, I don't even, I don't know. You can answer this however you want, Ben. But like, mm. I don't think we should even get excited about anything higher than like ninth, because th- yeah. just so many teams have games in hand, and we buried ourselves so deep in the first half of the season that it's going to be really hard to get into the playoffs, much less any higher than eighth, tenth, ninth, or tenth, in my opinion. So yeah. Well, I'll let you go now. What do you think? Yeah, I mean. This is maybe an optimistic view of it because I'm shocked. Yeah. Well, surprise, (laughs) um, blow the horn. Ben's being optimistic. Um, yeah, like, I mean, but I'll say like right now, I think we're in a sweet spot. I don't want to say we've got anything locked up because a lot of things can change, but what I'll say is the range we're in right now, I think is a solid 12th to maybe eighth. I think, I mean, we beat Bethlehem when we were not good, quite frankly. And they're, they played one less game than us. We have four more points than them. So I feel like we're above them, all things considered. Loudon may have only played 14 games, but I was just looking at who they played and who they've beaten. And they beat Red Bull back when they were good, but they've also um, they lost to Birmingham they annihilated us you know in some respects but uh (laughs) they lost to hartford and they they're all over the place i mean quite frankly so who knows what you're going to get with them they haven't been bad this year but i think we're probably better than them um but i think for us to be for us to break into that top seven something catastrophic has got to happen because that means we would be better than ottawa and Although we lost 4-1 to them, and that's a great distance. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if we're necessarily that close to them, quite frankly. Yeah, they, played, they, they, they played us off the pitch that game. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, I, I think we're 
potentially better than Pittsburgh. I think we caught him in a really weird place. I still don't know what happened that game. Um, and Charleston will be interesting. I think we play them in a not-too-distant future. Um, but, yeah, I would say in that 8 to 12 range is probably where we've positioned ourselves uh, given this form. Gotcha. So only one higher than me. You're yeah, not that optimistic. That's probably just, yeah. All right. Richard asked, just how many times did we yell at the ref on Saturday? Do you think it was the worst refereeing display of the season so far? Some thought it may have been the case as early as halftime. Sir. <laughs> I I don't know. I didn't, I didn't notice anything particularly egregious in the first half, honestly. But I was watching it on my phone and like, Sometimes when the picture is small like that, it's harder to see things. So, I don't know. I feel like the Mansali yellow card, I feel like I was annoyed by that at the time. Uh, I feel like it was one of those where they had just committed a foul very similar to the one Mansali committed, but Mansali was the one who got the card. I remember being annoyed by that, but yeah, I don't really, that was the only, that's the only thing I really remember about the ref. Yeah, he just wasn't consistent at all. Like, he let physicality go early. I mean, Alex almost got, like, he got shoved out of the way, basically. Like, him and uh, Camden Feu were, like, both tugging on each jer- other's jerseys, and somehow Alex was at fault. Like, that man is twice the size of Alex. Something's going to—if you're going to allow the first contact to happen, which I think was— uh, Camden Fay with the start of the obviously based on my perspective, but I, I, he just wasn't consistent. And then there was just weird fouls left and right. There was a lot of there was a lot of contact that wasn't given as a yellow that probably should have been, and then there was contact that wasn't and wasn't given a yellow. And there was a there was a lot of frustrated players on the pitch. You could tell. I mean. One included would have been Lewis Hilton, just the sheer randomness that was happening at times. Um, and I, I honestly couldn't blame him, quite frankly. Um, I mean, there was hands to the face, I think, on both sides. And nobody was calling it here and there. Or he would call it and then he wouldn't call it. And then I still don't know if the... I need to look at it again because Chris actually told me to look at this again, but of course it wasn't in the highlight package and I haven't looked at it, but I don't know if the, the, I I don't even know what you call it. The, uh, the stop we had on Calvert in the box later in the game that wasn't called as a foul was a foul. Did you see this? It was at the very end, right? It was very, it was very close to the end of it. it Yeah. So I, I, you know how I said I turned the game off? We were, yeah. for context, we were at the lake, so I had other things I was doing. But I came back inside and saw that it was 2-1 to one in, like, the 90, in, in the added time. So I pulled it back up. And so I did see that. And it was one of those, It I, definitely some refs would probably call it a foul because I don't think Hugh, like, wins the ball necessarily. But yeah. he did. he did give, there was definitely contact, but... It's just whether or not he deemed the contact to be a foul. 
but I didn't get like a second look at it really. It was just they showed it briefly. They showed a replay of it briefly on the broadcast. Um, oh, really? and then and then the final whistle went, so it didn't really matter. But yeah. I even if it was a foul, you know, I think I said this when we were talking about the NCFC game. Like, it's about time we benefit from a no call or a bad call because yeah. like the the Swope Park game and the Nashville game back to back weeks we both kind of got screwed by calls so I don't know one went in our favor so that's one more in our in our column yeah if anything this is just karma for Calvert getting a uh, a foul off a corner um for called called a penalty back when we played Ottawa last year um really isn't his fault but it's just it shows you the inconsistency of uh usl refs that one year they'll call a a penalty on uh some contact on a corner and the next year they'll uh not call a penalty uh with uh i don't know that he took him out but that's what i've heard chris tell me is uh what it looked like on the video um it was more of a collision than a takeout like they both yeah. collided together that's probably why it wasn't given is because they were. I think I they were the both. Showed it, but Calvert was in the motion of shooting at it, though. Is the problem? Yeah, but Hugh was in the motion of clearing it. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, they were. It was. It wasn't yeah. like one was. It's not like Hugh just like kicked him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was right. more of like a. It was more of like an upper body collision. Yeah. I need to. I need to go, a, go through the like the ESPN Plus feed and, and grab the the video and show it to you yeah that it doesn't make for good podcasting like a, though a happy accident for yeah. us uh honest i don't i don't care it's a win we get three points they don't yeah, no take backs that's all that matters. we'll never know if calvert was gonna put it on frame either so I probably mean, not we'll, i mean no he's already scored one so chances yeah. are the next seven are going into the stands <laughs> uh he, works out a lot, he does uh, but not as much as Hugh Roberts, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kevin asks about Kevin. Uh, can what Kevin Broadley is doing be considered trolling at this point or maybe just an elaborate referee cosplay? Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Bad yeah. bad refs are bad. It's kind of a problem across American soccer, to be honest. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the MLS game last night that was the... AR gave the signal for a corner kick, but the Red Bulls threw the ball in. The head referee didn't make a motion or tell anybody that he had overruled the AR, and they went and scored like two seconds later. And like the in my CFC players lost their minds because the AR had pointed to the corner. <laughs> so it was like this is not like a USL specific thing. This is the level of play in the United States has gone up exponentially over the last five years and the level of refereeing just literally can't keep up because we're not exporting referees from around the world in like we are players you know that's so, true it's going to take time the, the the referees have to get better but it's going to take time more time than uh probably we all would like as fans so uh Another question from Richard. Prediction time. How many games will the independents remain hashtag beatless? Currently at seven. And the record is 12, which we did in 2015 and 2017. So that's five more games. So do you want to look at our next five games? 
let's do it together. Yeah. We already have mentioned Birmingham, or no, it's Atlanta, then Birmingham. And then after that, we have, nope, come back, come back. The app app crashed. Of course, after I talk crap about uh, the USL website crashing, foot mop crashes. Okay, we're back. So we got Atlanta and Birmingham on the road, then Louisville City at home, away at Loudoun, and then Nashville at home. Those are our next five. So if we remain beatless through those five, we'll tie the record, and then the the next match is away to Indy 11. Wow. That'll be... I don't know. It's tough. Um, I think we can... I think, as far as I'm concerned, the... The amount of points I want to get out of these next two matches is minimum of four. And I think it's very feasible that we're going to get that, quite frankly. Um, yeah. Louisville home will be interesting. I think that's going to be the biggest test, quite frankly. Probably so, um, especially because we'll be coming off of playing two games the, the week prior. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there will be um, – I don't know. We'll have a week, a week to recover, but if somebody picks up a knock yeah. in that game against Birmingham – things can get dicey. So I I would say we're probably going to go. I think we're probably going to lose. I think we're going to make it through that one. I think we're going to get to away to Loudon and probably fall there because that'll be one of their first home games, I believe in their stadium. Won't it? Yeah. It's one of the, that may be their first one. So they'll have like an, they might have an emotional, I don't really know. Of all, like, the new clubs, I don't really understand them because, I mean, I understand them, but I don't know, like, I don't see a lot of their stuff, so I don't really know what kind of connection they have to their fans, so I don't know if they're going to ex- be expecting a big know. crowd, or, like, I don't know if they're going to get that real emotional lift, like Hartford did, um, and, okay. like, Luckily, it will not some be of those other teams, there. but so regardless, that's when I think it'll end. I think we'll make yeah. it through the next three um, unbeaten, which might that's going out on a limb. That's predicting us to get a result against a tough Louisville team, but we already did it, so we can do it again. That's true, and that was away. And it was away, well. and we never went away yeah. to Louisville. What are we at? Seven unbeaten now, or is it six? Seven. So if Seven. Uh, okay. if we went if we go three more, that'll be ten. Two shy um, of the record. I'm gonna be my super optimistic self. Do and it. Say- we're gonna tie the record at twelve, and then not get a win or a draw against Indy Eleven. All right, um, I—that's fair because yeah. I—I could see that happening because we, for whatever reason, we match up really well with Nashville the last two seasons. Uh, they, yeah. we've drawn, we've beaten them twice, drawn once, and lost to them once. I think over the four games we've played them, and oh the, yeah, the last time we lost, and the loss time. was like the second game of the season in 2018 and it was like super cold and a couple of bad bounces and boom. Um, yeah, but after that, we've pretty much played lights out against them regardless of form. So I I can see it. And then Loudon is of course they're, they're one of those teams. You don't know what they're going to bring week to week because there's a little bit of roster flux. There's a little bit of young players, you know they're not they're not as consistent, so they might have one game where they play really well, and then another game where they just don't show up. Mm-hmm. Look at the Atlanta United two score last week. You know, 
Yeah, you never sometimes, know. Sometimes those young kids just don't show up. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they respond, though, because they, they probably play between now and then, so we, we're probably not getting them fresh off of that loss, which might be a good thing for us. Um, yeah. But it'll be, see, it'll be interesting to see if that just, like, completely killed their spirits or if they'll bounce back. But we can talk with yeah. – uh, maybe we'll, we'll get to talk to Jason Longshore about that um, maybe next week. So – all right, uh, last question. Speaking of Atlanta United 2, will they be using any – oh, this is from Matt. Matt T.W., Bo Round and Round. Uh, he asked, will ATL – or whatever they call themselves. Will they be using any MLSers this time? You know, any players who could score hat tricks on us. Good news. They cannot play Romario <laughs> Williams against us because Atlanta United traded Romario Williams to – I can't remember who. But they traded him. Columbus. That's right, because then Jordan Hamilton also went to Columbus a couple of days later. So now the two strikers, uh, USL, MLSB team strikers who have killed us the most are all now on the same team who does not have a USL affiliate, which is great news for us because they can no longer the haunt our point, dreams. Their somewhat USL affiliate is the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. So Do they use them, though? They're unofficial, I think. It's, it's like unofficial. It's a weird situation, Okay, I think. gotcha. But... Yeah, so technically speaking, even if they are in the USL, we won't see them for a while. So, ha. All right. Yeah, great news. No no Romario Williams. Uh, probably Andrew Carlton, though, because it sounds like he's been banned from the first team. Because uh, yeah, he's like, um, getting his passport. And... Yeah, for getting his password and just generally being unprofessional, which that guy's had a tough uh, like two-year stretch. <laughs> he was like the next yeah. big thing and then never really caught on. And now he's like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, he just doesn't take it seriously, so. Tough time for mm. that kid, but walking uh, in Freddie Adu's footsteps. Maybe not quite that much, but <laughs> Freddie Adu at least lit up MLS for a little while. That's true. Yeah, but regardless, that was the final question. I don't know. You never know with him. They'll probably have some kid from their academy who's like really good that just comes out of nowhere and plays really well against us uh, because they play they play really well against us. They're kind of like. I think we've played them, what, three times now? Or four? Did we play them three times last year or just the two? Um, I feel like it was maybe three times. Well, we've never beaten no. them. I know that. I think we've drawn, yeah, I think we've drawn every, every time. match against like them. Two, and it's two, been, two, like, wild two, draws every time, too. It's like, I think it was, like, 2-2. Two, two. Was it 2-2 two, two in Atlanta last year or was it 1-1? One, one? It was that stupid, ridiculous goal. Maybe it was just 1-1. One, one. The one that bounced off the crossbar and then off of Dykstra's back and in. I don't remember any other goals, so I think you're right. I think it was just one to one, and then of course the three 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 thriller in uh, at the Sportsplex earlier this year. So should be an exciting match, but we'll be back to talk about it next week. So keep on the beatless vibes and have a good off week, everybody. So come on, you jacks. Woo!